All right. Uh, Español primero. Uh, primero de Reyes 19, de 1 a 4. El rey Acab le contó a Jezabel todo lo que Elías había hecho, incluso como Elías había matado a, los, a todos los profetas a, a espada. Así que Jezabel mandó a un mensajero a Elías diciendo, te aseguro que mañana a esta hora te mataré, te mataré tal como mataste a esos profetas. Si no tengo éxito, que me castiguen los dioses. Elías se asustó tanto al escuchar Elías se asustó tanto al escuchar esto que acabó para salvar su vida, llevando consigo consigo a su a su siervo. Sorry, I can't say that one. Me neither. <laughs> se fueron al bar Perseba que estaban en Judía, en Judá, sorry, y Elías dejó a su siervo ahí. Entonces, Elías caminó todo el, uh, el día por el desierto, se sentó debajo de un arbusto y con ganas de morir se dijo, ya basta, Señor, déjame morir, que no soy mejor que mis antepasados. antepasados. That's a hard one. All right. Man, this dude was for real. <laughs> Wait till you hear it in English. <laughs> Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, so may the gods do me and more also if I do not make your life as a life of one of them by this tomorrow. Then he was afraid and he arose and ran from his life, for his life, sorry, and came to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah, and left his servant there. But he himself went to a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a broom tree. And he asked the, that he might die, saying, It is enough now, O Lord, take my life, for I am no better than my father's. In Spanish, it was more deeper, though, I'm just saying. All right, amen. <laughs> I mean, we really know, you know, can't, can't really argue, you know. <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, Y'all ready for the word of the Lord? Y'all gonna make me work this morning, I already see. Y'all dragging this morning. That's all right, that's all right. Help me, Holy Ghost. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this morning. Now be with your preacher, that your word may be effective, that it may hit in the places that it needs to hit. Father, we're grateful for you because you are a God of great grace and a God of great mercy. And we can come to you, we can keep it a buck, we can keep it a hundred, Lord, because you take us as we are, but you're also gracious enough not to leave us as we are. And so would you do that mighty work in here today? In Jesus' name I pray. And all of the saints who had a great Thanksgiving said, Amen. Amen. Today we, we will continue in our series, Habits of Grace. For those of you who have not been with us, we've been preaching um, on this phrase, Habit of Grace. And basically what it means is the means by which God uses to refresh us spiritually, whether it's reading our word, whether it's prayer, whether it's fellowship, all these things that God uses to grow us up into godliness. And today, we're going to talk about the habit of rest. Everybody say the habit of rest. Now, I debated on preaching this today, being that this is Thanksgiving weekend, and I was debating on if I should preach on resting. You say, why? Because I know some of y'all had leftovers before y'all came to church. <laughs> that macaroni and cheese was good. It's hard to just leave that in the fridge and come to church. You say, Pastor, I got to eat it now. I'll be thinking about it the whole time. How many people had a good meal, by the way? A good meal. You had a good meal. How many people still got leftovers? You got leftovers. 
How many people are having guests over afterwards? No, I'm just messing around. No, seriously, America is a busy society. It is a country that never sleeps. It is an on-demand country. It's a get-rich-or-die-trying country. People running themselves crazy to make it to the top. Take Kanye West for an example. Kanye West was forced, forced to cancel a string of live shows in November 2016 when he began struggling with exhaustion during his tour. Uh, TMZ reported that Kanye West was hospital, uh, 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 hospitalized from suffering from temporary uh, exhaustion, de uh, de uh, deprivation, and dehydration, and spent a week recovering. Take Lady Gaga, for an example. Puts 100% into everything that she does, and her work ethic caught up with her in 2010 when she was forced to counsel and postpone a number of U.S. shows. Gaga was rushed to a hospital in Indiana due to exhaustion and dehydration, despite making it to the concert venue in hopes to perform. But friends, it's not just celebrities that get tired and exhausted, but ordinary people like you and I. Even Christians, believe it or not, I know Christians get saved and we think that we don't get tired because we got the Holy Spirit. But I want to remind you that you are still human. Yes, just because you know God doesn't mean that you don't need to know rest. I'm sure you heard the phrase, I'll sleep when I die, which is not true, by the way. <laughs> However, studies would show we need rest, not just when we die, but as we live. We need rest while in the land of the living. Psychologists would argue the same. In November 2020, the American Psychological Association reported that depression and anxiety were at, were at an all-time high last year because of the pandemic. The pandemic has caused many people to mourn with the loss of weddings and graduations and vacations and birthday celebrations. And for some of us, the lives of our loved ones. Amid those losses, black people in particular had to deal with the traumatic reoccurrence of black lives taken in unnecessary and unjust ways. A pandemic and killing George Floyd to police brutality. Ahmaud Aubrey to a sinful, vigilant attack, and we praise God that he got justice. An unnecessary shooting on Breonna Taylor as she slept in her apartment. And as we in the world experienced these tragedies, most of us went into ministering mode. We began to pour ourselves out like a drink offering. Can I preach this morning? This is what we do often as God's children. We desire to be the salt in the light. However, 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 if we're honest, me included, we can find ourselves ministering with little to no rest for ourselves. Did you know that a whole bunch of pastors, I'm just going to say a whole bunch of pastors dropped out of the ministry in these past 20 months. And one of the reasons we have lost our salt and lost our light is that the church is burnt out. And we often hear we lose our saltiness because we are becoming like the world. But how about we lose it when we try to become like God? Nothing convicts us of this sin like our unwillingness to rest. Carrying the weight of the world and bearing, bear, bearing the burdens of those we love is an exhausting task. And yes, God's children need rest. Not just when the second coming of Jesus. 
comes. No, that's not the only time that we need rest. Not when justice rolls down like a mighty river shall we rest. But, but we should rest now, holistically rest, spiritually, physically, mentally, and emotionally. Emotional care is needed not just in the life to come, but in this life right now. And perhaps more than ever. I'm th- I feel like I'm preaching to somebody this morning. Your family needs a healthy you. Your church needs a healthy you. Your friends need a healthy you. Your community needs a healthy you. You need a healthy you. Play it back, preacher. You need a healthy you. Play it back again, preacher. You need a healthy you. I like the way that it sounds. I'll play it back one more time. You need a healthy you. Now watch it now. I'm going to drop the need word because it's important because of who I'm getting ready to say. God wants a healthy you. God wants a healthy you. Rest is one of the means God uses to keep us spiritually healthy. I'm eager to look at a narrative that I recently heard preached at a conference by a young lady that inspired this sermon today. Her name is Erica. A narrative that reminds us of the importance of spiritual renewal through physical, mental, and emotional rest. We will camp out in 1 Kings chapter 19 this Thanksgiving weekend. But before we do, I got to, y'all, I got to do this. I got to give y'all the context. It, y'all, you, I, mean, I mean, if you go back and you read the story, you'll be upset if I didn't give you the context. You just can't skip over chapter 18 and just rush to chapter 19. If a pastor ever rushes past chapter 18 and jump over the, to chapter 19, you should have an issue with him because all of the good stuff is right over there in chapter 18. So if you don't mind, I want to educate y'all because chapter 18 is one of one of the most God-flexing moments in all of Scripture. Yes, God flexes, y'all. God shows off in chapter 18 because chapter 18 is one of the most God-flexing moments. I mean, God knocks out the God of Baal like, like the YouTube boxer did Nate Robinson. Y'all remember Nate Robinson? He hit him and he was, he was clean out, y'all. He should have stuck the basketball. He hit him one good time. <laughs> My man was gone, man. I ain't know what happened to little Nate, man. Little Nate got hit one time. And my, my man was prostrate on that job. I mean, I mean, God knocked out, God knocked out the God of Baal like Tyson Fury did Deontay Walker. I mean, he hit that boy some hard, man. And so y'all get the picture. That, that God flexes by knocking out these other gods. And, and there were 450 Baal prophets up against God's one prophet, Elijah. And the prophets of Baal are like, man, our God will mollywop. Anybody remember that phrase, mollywop? That's an old phrase. Y'all remember that? And Elijah, like, 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 like all y'all talking, that's all cap. I ain't worried about it. Y'all got not going to do nothing. Y'all don't read the Bible like I read the Bible. I mean, it's going down. They're, they're bragging on their gods or whatever. And God let them know. God showed up. I mean, God showed up big time. He showed them what them hands do. He, I mean, me, me, by, I mean, from each side, he messed bow up because God don't, doesn't play when it comes to his children. Yeah, you can give him praise. Because here's the thing about our God that is different from other gods. That we can actually call on his name and because he's living, 
and he's real, he can actually respond to our cry. But here's the thing with these other gods that we make up on our own. You can call out to them, but they'll never answer you because they're not living like our God is living. They didn't create the world. They didn't create the stars and the moon and the seas and you and all that you see. So when they call on their God, they don't have ears to hear. They don't have feet to move. But ain't you glad? Aren't you glad that you got a God that when you call on him, he's able to respond to you? See, you ain't celebrating like you ought to because you ain't never needed to call on God in a time of need. But if you ever been in a situation where your back was up against the wall and all of your resources dried out and all of your wits dried out and you needed something greater than yourself to step into your situation and God showed up, you'll be praising him right now. You'll be shouting right now because he is a God that shows up. Now, y'all got to get the picture here. God uses E to flex on these prophets. God uses him to showcase his glory. God crushes Baal, and E is now cruising down the street in his six foot, y'all. And, 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 and some of y'all going to catch that later when you get home. <laughs> and y'all know how it is, right? Y'all know how it is. Let's be honest. When you're on a high, it's when you got to look out for the low. Isn't, isn't that right? It's when things are going well that you got to kind of keep your eye open for the devil. It's when you're feeling good that you got to keep your eye open on the devil. As we know, the Christian life is not just mountain peaks, but valleys as well. And we must ignore the voices that tells us that faith in God will only result in good times. That faith in God will keep you from trouble. That faith in God will get you rich. That faith in God will only keep positive vibes around you. But we have to be honest. The only people that's happy all the time is crazy folks. <laughs> ain't nobody walking around happy all the time. I mean, if you ain't got some ups and downs, maybe, maybe you get checked out. <laughs> days of spiritual victory and days of spiritual defeat. Can we be honest? We got days where sin is on the bottom and we're on the top. And we got days where sin is on the top and I'm on the bottom. It's, the, it's that 2020 experience that is hard for Christians to swallow who only believe that God only gives us good times. The Christian journey is filled with more, more, more with wilderness moments than Red Sea moments. And Elijah reminds us that no matter how powerful God uses us on the earth as vessels, at the end of the day, we need rest. Elijah reminds us, and this is what I like about chapter 19, what I like about chapter 18 is that I get to see God flex and I get to be reminded that there is a God that is greater than I, that there is a God that I can call on that will answer to me. But what I love about chapter 19 is that Elijah shows his humanity. And, and, and I don't know about you, but, but, but I can relate to the, the, the human portion of Scripture. I can relate to the low moments of Scripture. I can relate to the weak moments of Scripture. See, I don't want to be that kind of Christian that makes everybody think that everything's all right all the time. It's good to park yourself in your Bible when you see some folks going through some stuff. Elijah reminds us we are humans used by God, not God. Elijah reminds us we must rest. I love chapter 19 so much because we get to see his humanity. A man that is dealing with stress and exhaustion. 
Let's read the text again. Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. And Jezebel sent the messenger to Elijah saying, So may the gods do to me more also if I do not make your life as a life of one of them by this time tomorrow. Then he was afraid, and he arose and ran for his life and came to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah, and left his servant there. But he himself went a day and journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a broom tree. And he asked that he might die, saying, Is it enough now, O Lord? Take my Take away my life, for I am no better than my father's. And, 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 and he lay down and slept under the broom tree. And behold, an angel touched him and said to him, Arise and eat. And he looked, and behold, there was at, at, at his head a cake baked on hot stones and a jar of water. Now, I like to believe that was a pound cake. That's just me. And he ate and drank and lay down again. And the angel of the Lord came and again a second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat. The journey is too great for you. And he arose and ate and drank and went in the strength of that food 40 days and 40 nights to that place, uh, the Mount of God. And so, as we can see, after the great spiritual victory in chapter 18, after, after he slays 450 prophets, after fire comes down from heaven, after he calls on rain, we, we now begin to see his humanity. Come on, church, walk with me into his humanity. So after this great spiritual victory, Elijah Android starts buzzing. We know he didn't have an Apple, it had to be an Android. And so and so so his Android starts buzzing, y'all. He 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 gets a message on his Android, y'all, and he picks up his Android and he sees a text message from Jezebel. Now that's the last person you want to get a text from is a Jezebel. Now, I know y'all have heard all kinds of things about the Jezebel spirit and all of these other things, but, but right now we're just talking about the living Jezebel. And as he read his text message, he discovers a long threat. It's one of those, y'all, y'all, y'all have got one of them long, them, you know what, I'm not going to even open this right now. This is too long. Who's who sitting here and write all this? Why you call me? I ain't going to read all it. So anyway, she, she gave him a long threat, y'all. I mean, it's a long one. Now, listen, Jezebel was a bad chick. If y'all don't know Jezebel, I mean, she was a bad, I mean, literally bad. She was worse than Canaan's mama on Raising Canaan. Y'all just keep looking at me. She has been killing off God's prophets. Elijah knows her reputation. Let's read her text message to Elijah. Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent the text message to Elijah. Y'all know I'm putting that in there. Y'all know that ain't, you know, I'm bringing it up to y'all's speed so y'all listen. So here it is. Here's the text message. So may the gods do to me more also if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by this time tomorrow. Oh, my goodness. Then he was afraid and he arose and he ran for his life and came to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah, and left his servant there. She's talking heavy to him. This is like a threat from the movie Taken. If you are looking for ransom, I can tell you I don't have money. But what I do have is a particular set of skills. <laughs> y'all, see, church folks act like they don't be watching no movies up in here. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Y'all remember you got on that phone? That was a bad brother, boy. <laughs> he, he, said, he said, I'm going to get you. I'm going to make a nightmare for you and your people. What happened to Elijah? He falls like them people on, <laughs> he falls like people on top of crates, right? He goes from the mountain peak... Y'all catching it. Y'all got to stay informed. He goes from the mountain peak to the valley in seconds. 
Watch how he drops. He drops like folks on crate. He go from here. Y'all seen him fall, right? And they go down to here. And here's the light. He's on the mountaintop, y'all. He's, he's on a spiritual high. And all of a sudden, one text, message, one text message sends him down to the valley. Elijah, who had been laboring for the Lord, he has been ministering to God's people. The same man that prayed fire down from heaven now cannot lob up a prayer of faith for himself. I need y'all to feel the humanity of this text. This man is literally depressed, dealing with su- a, a, a suicidal ideation. He is exhausted. He wants to throw the towel in. How did he get here? Well, Eric Ramirez says, I think that we will see that as evidence from Elijah's lips that he is exhausted. That physical, mental, and emotional burnout has affected his spiritual state. Now, I need you to see the connection between the body and the spirit. And now his faith is also burnt out in we. Because he's physically and mentally exhausted, his faith is now affected by his physical condition. That the man who just called down fire a chapter over can now not lob up a prayer for himself. In other words, his physical condition is affecting his spiritual condition. Oh, I'm coming to where y'all let. Just give me a second. I'm coming. He is unable to lift what, he's, what he normally could spiritually lift because he's burnt out physically. I know this feeling from the gym. When I'm not there mentally, I tend to be unable to lift the weight that I did last week. If I have stress or unresolved issues, it's hard for me to work out. There are times when we all find ourselves in a place like Elijah. We are spiritually discouraged, spiritually defeated, and we get down and out. Have you ever been there? Sure you have. We all have. And if you haven't, just keep on living. In fact, in fact, some of us are there right now. Have you considered it might be because of a lack of mental, physical, and emotional rest? Because, you know, in church... You know, sometimes we stop believing in the physical part of ourselves. You know, if you go to church, folks, and you say you stress, they'll tell you you go pray some more. There ain't nobody going to tell you to go sleep. They're just not going to do that. Or have you treated it, have you treated your, 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 your physical fatigue like you treat the gas light on your dashboard? All right, let me talk to black folks for just a minute, y'all. I'm running on E. Y'all know we'll we run on E. Well, we'll run on E, boy. We'll run on E. And if you, hey, I've been in the car with him. I'll be like, uh, you don't see that light over there? Oh, I know how far I can go. <laughs> we took two trips from Indiana, Illinois. You ain't going to get no gas. I'm on this all the time. I know how far I can go. We know how far we can go on E. We're going to make it to the next paycheck. We're going to be all right. You're going to be all right. <laughs> we'll run on E all day. And sometimes we do the same thing with our spiritual walk. We'll ride on E all day saying that we can make it to the next Bible study. We'll make it to the next, uh, uh, we'll we'll make it to the next sermon. And the reality is, is that when we're on E, we actually need to pull over. Look what happens to Elijah. His situation gets worse because he's running on E. Elijah is exhausted. It says this, but he himself went to a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a broom tree. 
Now Elijah is exhausted. His gaslight is on, but he keeps going. He leaves his servant aside and he runs to isolation. And he runs 100 miles to Beersheba. Now let's get perspective here. He just had a showdown on Mount Carmel. And then he slays 450 prophets. You know how much energy you have to exhort in order to slay 450 cats? I mean, I mean, that's a lot of energy. And then he goes back up to the mountain to tell Jezebel's husband about the rain. Then he runs 100 miles. Now, I know some of y'all ain't ran one mile, but I mean two miles, I'm gone. A hundred? A, a hundred? No, I can't. I, can't, I ain't better run 100 miles. And then he goes on a day's journey. Can you imagine the physical toll? We're just human now, y'all. Can you imagine the physical toll this had on Elijah? Can you imagine the mental toll that it has on him? He just fought and debated with 450 false prophets. He fought them and he debated them. If you ain't been in a barbershop and debated some folks, it takes a lot of energy. Are you a pastor? I got some questions for you. I've been waiting on you anyway. <laughs> if Cain and Abel was the only people on the earth, how in the world did they come? You know, them kind of questions. Or did Adam and Eve have a belly button? You got to deal with all that stuff, you know? <laughs> That's going to take a lot of that take a lot of energy. I got to tell you how. If they got a belly button or not, it's a lot of work. But can you imagine the mental toll on Elijah? Can you imagine the emotional toll a threat from Jezebel is having on Elijah? No, this is not a woman who just talks the talk. She's a woman that walks the walk. She has been known to take out God's prophets. This is not a text that you take lightly so when he gets it, you can feel the weight on his soul. Have you ever got a text message that messed your whole day up? A text message that after you left church, you were on the high. And the moment you got to the parking lot, you got a text message that made you forget about the moment you just experienced. Do I have any witnesses in the room? He has an emotional. He has a physical. He, has, he, he, he is exhausted. And what is best for him at this moment? To stop running. Isn't it so simple? Elijah, the gaslight is on. Just pull over. See, here's the problem. As humans, we just won't stop running. Yes, the gaslight is on, but, but I'm not out yet. And, and, and what we don't realize is when we ignore the low fuel warning, it's not just warning us that the fuel is low, but our fuel pump is working harder than it needs to. Okay, now I got to get mechanical. Every car has a fuel pump. It's how the car gets gas. And when the fuel pump is low, I mean, when the, when the fuel is low, the pump is not lubricated as it should be, and running on empty causes it to overheat. All right, I'm coming to your doorstep now. Therefore, running on empty is a bad idea because it can cause serious and costly problems to your car fuel system. But I didn't come here to talk about a car. Same is true with our bodies when we are running on E. We are causing our bodies, our mind, and our spirit to work harder than what they need to. And that's why often, like a fuel pump, we are more easily heated when we are not fueled up properly. A man, somebody. Have you ever noticed how less spiritual you are when you're tired? 
I mean, you, you, I mean, I mean, let's be honest. I probably wouldn't have cussed you out if I would have got a good night's rest. I don't want you to think that I ain't a Christian. I am, I am. You should catch me rest up, but you caught me when I was tired. That's why before the worship team show up, I got coffee for them. I want to see them in their spiritual best. We know we'll cuss some folks out when we're tired. Yes, we will. We start making up words when we're tired. <laughs> Y'all just keep looking at me. I mean, you ever been in that place where you can't think straight? And they keep talking to you and you trying to tell them, like, leave me. I'm, I'm now. I'm getting there. Leave me alone. And sometimes we got, we got warning signs, child. Go on over there somewhere. <laughs> That's the first warning. Go on over there. Where? Oh, somewhere. <laughs> Let me alone. Because <laughs> you can't take on the same drama you can take on when you got a full tank of gas. When I'm running on E, I just got a little just for me. I ain't got nothing for you. So if you come this way and I ain't sending for you, I'm sending you back. <laughs> Y'all know I'm telling the truth. <laughs> this is Elijah. Watch his condition. It gets worse because of his physical and mental and emotional exhaustion. Elijah becomes suicidal. He doesn't want to live. Y'all watch him. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness. He came and sat down under a broom tree. And he asked that he might die, saying, it is enough now. Oh, Lord, let me read it slow. I want you to catch it. I don't want you to miss it. It is enough now, oh, Lord. Take away my life. For I am no better than my father's. Did you catch it, church? Look at where his exhaustion has brought him. He doesn't even want to live. He despises Life And I know a lot of us, myself included, we haven't been in this place where we despise life itself. But here's where he is. He doesn't want to live any longer. The circumstances that should be a breeze for him, the man who called fire out of heaven, the man who called on rain, the situation that should be easy for him to flip over and to trample on, he cannot. The situation has crippled him. See, when we are fatigued, when we can't lift what we normally can lift, we need to be refreshed. It's like with weights again. If I have not eaten or am not mentally ready, what I can usually throw up is too heavy. And we often look at the circumstance, right, because that's how we are. We always want to project our situation onto something else. Very rarely do we want to take responsibility for our own stuff. Very rarely do we want to take, especially when we're exhausted, we start, we start projecting it on other folks if they would have, if the circumstances would have been different. Because sometimes, friends, listen to me good, lean in on this, sometimes it's not our situations that have changed but us. And the same with me in the gym. It's not that the weights have changed. 45 pounds It's 45 pounds. Now, sometimes when I'm tired, I got to go look at it and make sure like that. Yeah, let me make sure, let me, you know, you squinting and stuff. You know it's 45 pounds. But here's the thing. Sometimes I still don't listen to my body, right? 
And I say, man, I got this. You know, what if my wife was standing here? What would she say about me? You know how we guys are. So I normally get up under the weight, knowing that mentally and physically I'm not ready to lift it. And what happened? I couldn't get the weight back up. So what do I have to do in that moment? I got to call for help. And man, it's hard to call for help when you tried to pick that weight off the bench and you can't get it back up. But I have no choice but to call for help. And what do I say when help comes? It's too heavy. Get it off of me. Now, it's a little bit more strain in my voice, but I ain't going to show y'all all that. All right? <laughs> you got to still stay tough. Go on, get it up off of me. And you're like, get it up off of me. <laughs> and this is what Elijah does. He tells God the weight is too heavy. Now, we got to do surgery here, y'all. He tells God, watch it now. Watch the story. He tells God the weight of the situation, of his circumstance, is too heavy. But now watch this. He suggests to God in that moment to remove the weight by removing him. Watch it now. He says, God, the weight is too heavy. Therefore, I'm going to give you a solution. Don't remove the weight. Remove me. See, when we are tired and discouraged and just have had enough, we suggest crazy solutions. I'm done with this marriage. I'm dropping out of school. I'm done with COVID. I'm done with making decisions. I'm done with this church. I'm done with these people. I'm done with social media. I'm done with this post. I'm done with me. And I just don't care what happens to me. When was the last time you had enough? When was the last time? No, no, no. Not when you were done, but when you were done, done. I'm talking about double period. I'm done. When was the last time you were in that place? Anybody in the room relate to Elijah yet? Anybody in this space yet? Anybody breathing the air that Elijah is breathing right now? Elijah is like, I have poured myself out, but what good has it done? Have you ever been in a place where you poured yourself out to your family, to your community, and you look around and you say, what good has it done? He concludes that all of his fire out of heaven and all of his praying for rain and all of the prophets that he just slayed, he says, he concludes that it doesn't even matter. He's talking crazy, y'all. But, 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 but God is not done with Elijah, although Elijah is done with Elijah. I love it. I love it because although Elijah is done. God is not done. Somebody ought to shout mercy right now. Because God wipes the tears of, of, of our pain with the Kleenex of mercy. Aren't you glad that even when you're done with you, God ain't done with you? Even when you run out of grace for you, God's grace is still running after you. And this is the story of all of us, is that even when we're done, the goodness of the Lord is not done with us. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. I got to get autobiographical right now because there's been some seasons in my life when I was done with Dexter. But I'm so glad that God wasn't done with me yet. That God said, I still got a plan for your life. That I still want to use you. And here's Elijah wanting to be done. And God says, I'm not done with you yet. And God doesn't tell Elijah, 
What's up with your faith? That's church, folks. They don't even, they don't even hear your whole story. They diagnose you from a mile away. Look at them, unspiritual. That's how they look. They, they dip their head and they come back up and shoot the word. They're unspiritual. That's how they look at it. That's what they do. <laughs> you ain't prayed up enough. You ain't read your word. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on. Hold on. Wait a minute. Have you heard their entire story yet? Before you want to go in and be their spiritual doctor? See, the thing about God is even when we are talking crazy, when we are mentally, physically, and emotionally tired, he doesn't respond to our crazy talk, but he actually responds to what we need. Anybody glad God ain't like us? Somebody ought to shout in this place. You know us. You know us. Well, if he want to die, let him die. That's <laughs> how we are. We, we, we'll do it in a minute. Ain't nobody about to play suicide games with him or her. <laughs> Let him downstairs do what he want to do. Girl, I left her right there on the couch. She just want attention. But not God. God gives us what we need. Watch the story. Let's jump back in it. And he lay down and slept under a broom tree. And behold, an angel touched him and said to him, arise and eat. He looked, and behold, there was at his head a cake baked on hot stones in a jar of water. And he ate and drank and lay down again. And the angel of the Lord came again a second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat, for the journey is too great for you. Notice, notice, God doesn't judge him or reprimand him. God doesn't lecture him about his faith. But God cares for his physical needs. God meets Elijah where he is. And he doesn't punish, punish him for where he is. You see, God is wiser than us. My teenage daughter, she gets exhausted with life much quicker than I do. She says, Dad, I'm tired of this school, but because I'm older and wiser than her, I can tell when she's talking from exhaustion and she needs a mental break. Yes, teenagers need mental breaks as well. And so a couple weeks ago, I lined up a massage for her. See, God can see past what we are saying into what we need. He sees past the alcohol that we're using to cover up our pain. And y'all know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about Come on now. What did Elijah need for spiritual renewal? Elijah needed a nap. I know that ain't deep. I know, I know, I know, I know y'all wasn't expecting that. Y'all thought I was going to say fast. No. He needed a nap. I mean, watch it. First lesson we learned from E is the importance of rest to spiritual renewal. The text says, and he lay down and slept under a broom tree. Physical rest is not optional for humans. The scripture invites us to work hard, but also to rest well. Knowing that God is sovereign and gives rest to his beloved, Psalms 127.3. We can sleep well. This is how you sleep well, y'all. Here it is. Here, catch it. We can sleep well knowing that God neither sleeps nor slumbers. You can sleep when you know that God don't sleep. Erica says, God can do more in our rest than in our doing. 
I'm going to run it back. Somebody going to need that. Tuck it in your back pocket. If you don't need it now, one day you will. God can do more in our rest than in our doing. When she said that, I almost shouted. We don't often believe this, though, do we? But God is working even when we are not. When you're sleeping at 2 a.m., God is still making moves. Listen, there is only one person who gets their to-do list done every day, and it's your God. God doesn't need rest. And the one time he did, it was to show us how to do it. That's it. This is what rest looks like, y'all. Chill, you know. Sorry, y'all. Sometimes the hood comes out every now and again. Nothing reminds us that we are our, our creation and not the creator like rest. Nothing reminds us that we need God and he doesn't need us like rest. God is still able to get done what he needs while you sleep. God isn't waiting on you to wake up in order to finish what he needs. He ain't like, I can't wait till she get up. If he did, he'd just wake you up. But you know who was a good example? Jesus. Jesus. Yeah, he was. Yeah, so we, we, we talk about Jesus' miracles, and he did some, he did some great things. Right? He walked on water, right? He took a lunchable. He fed 5,000. I mean, and y'all know one of our favorite ones, he turned water into wine. Y'all know we love that one, right? That's our argument scripture, right? And, 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 and we do. Yeah, ain't nothing wrong with why. Look at what Jesus did, see? Um, uh, uh, but, 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 but not only that, y'all, he opened up deaf ears, right? But you know what else he did? He rested. And we skip past that stuff. Like, no, like the God of the universe became flesh and he actually took a nap. I mean, this dude's sleeping through storms. He's sleeping through all kinds of crazy stuff. He just sleep. He had a regular rhythm of rest. Jesus ministered from a place of rest. And here's the crazy part. We have several charging stations for our phones. We got a charger in the car. We got a charger by our bed. We got a charger at the office. We, got, uh, we, we even got them little booster chargers in our pocket just in case. Why? Because we know that our phones are important. We got a bunch of resting stations for our car. You, you drive down the E-Way, they got all kind of gas stations and rest stops. But how much more important is your body? than your phone in your car. We have several rest stops for our car, but what about our bodies? If you want to be spiritually renewed, you got to rest. Now, look at what God was doing while my man was sleeping. He was doing, I'm sorry, y'all, but this is the way it hit me because made because of the weekend. God was doing what most of y'all grandmamas and aunties was doing on Thanksgiving while all y'all was asleep. Yes, I did. Y'all was asleep, but y'all smelled something in the kitchen, didn't y'all? I'm talking, when the kitchen got shut, y'all, y'all know, kitchen gets shut down the day before. And all you can get is cereal from that point. <laughs> That's all you get. You can't get nothing. I can't, I can't, I can't get nothing. I can't. No, I'll get some cereal. You'll be all right. But look at what God does. He makes, he makes a meal for my man while he sleeps. He says, he looked and behold, there was at his, at his head a cake baked on hot stones and a jar of water. And he ate and drank and lay down again. And the angel of the Lord came and again a second time and touched him and said, arise and eat for the journey is too great for you. This man goes to sleep and God provides a Thanksgiving meal for my man. God made him a cake. Only God can make you a cake that's, that's good and is healthy at the same time. Only God can make that kind of cake. Nobody else made that kind of cake. (laughs) 
God gives this man what he needs. God doesn't give him scripture to memorize. Church folks don't believe this, that you can just be hungry. They got a scripture to quote for everything, and I'm not against that, but it ain't, you ain't got to do that every time. No, my stomach is hungry, man. Can't you hear it growling? Notice that Elijah is not praying for anyone or calling fire down for heaven. No, he's enjoying a nice meal that God has made for him. He is taking care of his body. I got to say something here. Proper nourishment is not optional. We cannot do what God has called us to do without proper care for our bodies. We only get one body in this life, and you spend the majority of the time in it. That's all of the time, y'all. Physically, we must take care of ourselves by eating food that will energize you and not just leave you sluggish. Now, I'm into all the soul food, y'all. I really am. But we got to eat stuff better for us. Our minds and emotions are intricately connected to our diet. Several years ago, I started to eat healthy and lost 50 pounds. And my diet played a huge part on how I felt throughout the day. It helped me to be more spiritually renewed. I need to throw this bonus in. Also take care of yourself by protecting your mental diet. All right, we're getting real practical, y'all. The Bible encouraged Christians to be careful of who we hang out with because of the negative impact of unwise people. 1 Corinthians 15, Now, I'm not saying that you got to eject yourself entirely from the world and you can't never hang around nobody who's not a Christian. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is that you need to be mindful of what you're consuming mentally. Scripture also calls us to to, to take every thought captive, to think on the things above, and to cultivate a discerning heart regarding whether we should respond to a fool. Many of y'all got going back and forth with people on social media, and it ain't healthy for you. It's spiritually draining you, and sometimes you do got to cut some folks off. Paul said, warn a divisive man once and warn him twice, and then after that, have nothing to do with him. Besides seeking the things that are above, limit the time you even spend on social media. Daily ask yourself, am I in a healthy place right now to consume this information? There's some things that I ain't reading because I can't deal with it right now. I got too much going on. My spirit is already heavy. I'm not going to add to it. And it's okay for you to say, I can't read this post. I can't debate with you right now. I need to rest. Protect yourself and set boundaries that are healthy for you. I want to say it clear so the people in the back can hear me. It's okay to rest from social media. It's okay not to respond to people. See, often God wants to give us new updates, but we are so busy and occupied that we miss it. See, sometimes God wants to upgrade you, but we're so busy that God can't download any new information because social media got us so distracted. And see, with my phone, sometimes when I want to, whenever the Android wants to update, I have to, I have to actually have to put it down and I got to allow it to rest. And I get to schedule it at 2 a.m. It's downloading. It's giving me new information. It's upgrading me for, 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 uh, for the world that is constantly changing. And friends, what I'm saying is sometimes you got to wrestle God can download some stuff. There's some answers that you've been looking for, but you ain't been getting them because you ain't been resting. There's some things that you've been asking God for, wisdom that you've been asking him for, but you ain't got any new downloads because you're not resting. It's right there. The indicator is there that God got some new upgrades for you. The answer to some of your marriage problems, God already got it for you. But you're not resting. 
answers to things that are going on at work. God got the answer for you, but you're too busy and you're so full of everything else that you don't have room and space. Sometimes you got to delete some things for that upgrade to have sufficient space to get down in your soul and down in your spirit. And watch what happens to Elijah when he consumes what God has given him. It says that he ate and drank and he walked in that strength for 40 days and 40 nights. I'm telling y'all, when God gives you stuff, God will give you something that will sustain you for a long time. When the last time you know a piece of cake to sustain you for 40 days and 40 nights, friends? No way. Some of y'all, the next day, you were in the fridge looking for leftovers but friends the food that God gives you it'll sustain you it'll keep you it'll keep you in dry places it'll keep you in low places because him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly far above all that you may ever think or that you think that you need a new boo you think that you need a new phone you think that you need a new friends group what you need is more of God down in your soul down in your spirit God got things for you if you will slow down long enough and rest. God could then provide for you. Because when we feed on the things of God in our resting, he renews us. Friends, and I'm almost done. I didn't kept you too long already. We have to learn the art of being still and knowing that he's God. We have to learn the art of being still and knowing that he's God. I want to preach to somebody this morning. There is a peace. Resting is not just simpler. Laying down. But it's knowing that he's God. Remember when Israel was closed in by the Red Sea? And God told them to do what? Now, Pharaoh's on their tail. A whole army is coming their way. And these are slaves, farmers, brick builders, and it's an experienced army coming their way. And they're caught between a rock and a wet place. And they ain't got no way out. They can't fight. They, they don't have any strategic plan, and God has the unmitigated goal to tell them, be still. Now, I don't know about you. Now, I usually try to be respectful to God because he's God. But you ever been in some situations where you had a whole problem with G-O-D? Lord, this don't make sense. Let me run into you, Lord. There's a red sea in front of us. There's an army behind us. You can't send no guns down here, nothing. You, you ain't got nothing else besides be still. Come on now. And God tells them, be still. Wait, what do you mean, God? Rest. Wait, how's that going to help me? You know, we start questioning them. We're about to die. There's no food in the fridge. There's no this. There's no that. We got to do something, Moses. Are you crazy? We just can't stand here. Rest is going to get us killed. Makes sense. Shouldn't we fight right? Wrong. Because the point of being still, the point of rest is God reminding those who trust in him that he doesn't need you to save you. 
that he doesn't need you to provide for you. What God wants to communicate to you in your rest is that he's God all by himself. That before the world was formed, y'all know the word, that he has ex nihilo power. That's out of nothing power. That when God speaks, this is what one theologian said, that when God spoke and said, let there be, that everything in creation started stretching to become. Because when he speaks, something happens. And God is saying, I didn't need nothing in the beginning, and I don't need nothing now. If you would depend on me, I'll supply all of your needs according to the riches and glory that is in the Christ Jesus, your Lord. Now, everybody can't clap now. Let me tell you why. See, if you're an unbeliever, you shouldn't be still. Because there's no one fighting for you. But believers, one of the greatest gifts we get from God in our salvation is rest. And let's refuse to do anything without him. Rest your bodies. Rest your minds. Take a weekend away. Do it. I promise you the world's not going to fall apart. And I promise you people will figure out life without you. They're going to have to do it one day when you die anyway. It's okay for us to rest. You need therapy? Get therapy. It's okay. There's not a conflict between therapy and your faith. Now, you got to watch the therapist now. But God got this. God can deliver. I ain't going to let him pull me in. God can deliver. I know Bobby's trying to pull me in, but I ain't going to let him. You see, I'm standing strong because I'm rested up, baby. God got this. It's good for us to rest. It's good for us to laugh. It's good for us to enjoy life. 